Welcome to the FCCI Pathway to Purpose podcast. As a Christian business leader, how do you integrate your faith with business? And how do you leverage the platform of business to draw others closer to Christ? FCCI has been helping Christian business leaders on this journey since 1977. And we pray that the content you find here will serve you well in that endeavor. You can find additional resources and opportunities to engage with other Christian business leaders at FCCI.org. And now, enjoy the podcast. If you go back uh, before the creation of the world, and you went way back in eternity, you'd come to a time when only the Godhead was there. Three people in one. Somewhere in eternity past, uh, there was a creation of some angels. Those angels aren't like you and me. They're somewhat like us, but they're not like us. And they were given uh, tremendous authority and power. They were built, believe it or not, on a hierarchy, just like business today. There was one key person, followed by another set of key people. There was principalities and powers in order, just like GM. And what took place in time is God's kingdom grew, and the second-in-command, the executive VP, tried to have a buyout. I will take over. And I will build my own kingdom. And I will be like the Most High God. I'm going to rebel. I don't want to be number two man anymore. Scripture teaches, to that point, the angels and God had a tremendous free relationship where the angels chose freely to work with God and to adore Him for who He was. In the middle of that rebellion, a number of angels, millions of them, seems to be, followed after Lucifer, the son of light, to begin of the second kingdom against God. God threw Lucifer out of heaven and the angels that were with him. Some of those angels, he, he put them in hell, according to the New Testament. Some of them are right there today. At that time, God made a change in the angels, and he locked in their belief system and their free will. So that an angel that stayed in heaven could never change his mind and then follow Lucifer. And an angel that followed Lucifer couldn't realize he blew it and change his mind and decide to come back home. That was locked in. Therefore, when it's locked in, there is no more free will in the universe. There's no being that chooses with an open choice to follow or not follow God, to love God with a whole heart. The problem when the free will is outside of a situation, there's a lack of uh, enjoyment on God's point of view. It's just like if I went home to my daughter and said, Jennifer, get over here and give me a hug and tell me you love me right now. Do it. That's, Jennifer looked at me kind of odd, but if she was obedient that day, she would come over and <laughs> hug me, kiss me, and say, Daddy, I love you. Can I go play now? Would that mean much to me? That wouldn't mean much. But if Jennifer, when I came home from this trip, came over and sat on my lap and hugged me and said, Dad, boy, I missed you. I love you. The difference between free will choosing of an expression of love and affection to almost anything else there is in our experience is rare, isn't it? It's special. And when that relationship was gone, God began strategizing for a replacement. He made that replacement in the, in the person of Adam and Eve. And he gave to them a free will. And in order to ensure the free will, he had to give to them a choice not to love him and obey him. That's where the tree came in. He could have said, you know, don't sit on the stump. Don't throw that rock. It... 
don't eat off the tree was irrelevant in a sense. It was just the matter. They enjoyed the relationship together. I don't think you and I can imagine what it was like then or how much God enjoyed the relationship. And Adam and Eve. In the middle of that, sin came. In a sense, breaking uh, the free will of man. Marring it. And after that, you remember uh, Cain and Abel came along. And God said, if you're going to come to me in spite of this sin, here is a way. And you remember Cain and Abel, one of them brought uh, a blood sacrifice and one of them brought a grain sacrifice. And God said, you need to bear, bring blood because instead of me killing you for that sin, because I said, if you eat of the tree, you're going to die on the spot. So if you don't, you've got to kill something to take your place. Therefore, come by blood to me or I won't accept it. Well, one brought blood, one brought grain. The man who brought grain had very angry at God. And God said to him, you have no reason to be angry. You have no reason. You know what I want you to do. Why are you angry? Well, he was angry because he was following Lucifer identically. That is, I will do what I want. You will not be my authority. And to make sure there's no competition in my kingdom, I'm killing my brother. And he kills his brother. Well, in a sense, then, Adam and Eve were there, but this, the prodigy, the children that was following that, there was nobody there to follow after God. So Cain was left, and Adam and Eve had another child. That child, the scripture says in Genesis, then the people began to call upon God. I think there's many, many years there that underneath Cain, people didn't call upon God. And then through this child, they had another child, and that person began to call upon the name of the Lord. And there was that relationship with God again that hadn't been there for a while. Well, in time, Genesis records that that godly seed began to build a whole uh, generation, a whole world, in a sense. And Cain and the Cainite situation began to also to build a whole society. These called upon God and these did not. Genesis chapter 6 is one of the most controversial chapters in the Bible. In that, it talks about giants in the land. Remember? The sons of God intermarried the sons of men. And what I believe took place there is that the godly seed and the ungodly seed, the sons of God married the daughters of men and intermarried. Now follow me real closely. When they intermarried in chapter 6, it then says right after that, that from that point, all men did evil continuously. There was no godly seed left. And then it says, God repented in his heart that he had made man. Why? There was no man walking with God. And then God found Noah. And Noah must have had something in his heart that called out for God. And God said, I'm starting all over. I'm starting a new seed. First with Lucifer, scratch. Then with Adam and Eve, scratch. Then with Cain and Abel, scratch. Then with Seth and Enosh, Scratch. Now Noah. I'll do it again. He starts with Noah. Noah remains firm. Has the flood. Gets off the boat. God says two things. Noah, have children. And fill the earth. 
Noah plants vineyards, gets drunk, and has gross immorality. Noah. His, his children began to grow, and many, many people came about. And as the story in Genesis progresses, they decide they are going to stay together. They are not going to do the one thing God said to do was to spread out. They stayed together, and the Bible teaches that they wanted so much to stay together that they built the Tower of Babel. Same as Lucifer, same as Cain. No, I will do what I want to do. And in the middle of all that, you remember God came down and the prodigy, the children of Noah. <laughs> His great plan for the fifth time was destroyed by the sin of man. And it, can, it surprises me that God didn't wipe off the earth at that time. And then through all that, you remember God found somebody that was a moon worshiper named Abram. He said, Abram, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm going to start all over with you. You are going to be my man for the world. And you're going to bear my message. And through you, Abraham, all men will be blessed. And I'm going to give you a child, Abraham, through your loins that the Messiah will come out of. So Abraham goes to bed with a servant woman. I don't know. God's mercy continues to shock me. God then gave him his child, you remember? First Adam and Eve, then <laughs> Abel, then Seth, then Noah, then Abraham. And every time God came to a new place, man sinned. And the, and the goal of God was thwarted, and he started, and he thwarted, and he started, and he thwarted, and he started. And you almost wonder why God didn't throw up his hands in utter disgust and end it all. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a special nation. And eventually to save them, he brings them down to Egypt and he puts them away for 400 years where the Egyptians would never marry a Jew. And they came out and he said, you are the kingdom of priests. You're going to go back to the idea about Abraham. And that is you, all of you are going to be all of my uh, representatives in the world to tell the world about me and about salvation and about the solution to the sin problem with the tree. And it goes down to Mount Sinai and goes up and gets uh, uh, the covenant with God whereby they promise to God in Exodus that, that we are going to be your people and you can be our God. And God says, you are my most prized possession. You will be a kingdom of priests to me. Do you understand that word? A kingdom of priests? You all in the nation of Israel will be priests. Everybody. And they said, they made a covenant with God and said, everything you have said, we will do. We will be a priest. I will be a priest. All of us will be priests. Then Abraham, then, excuse me, then Moses went back up on the mountain to get the law of God, the covenant. He came back down, and while, we're, while they were there, <laughs> they made the golden calf, and they worshipped another idol. And God was furious. God wanted to kill them all on the spot. Later on, you remember Moses. God says, I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to make a great and mighty nation out of you. Do you understand what God was going to do again? He's going to have another one of these. They're not going to do it. Moses, I'll do it with you. And Moses said, no, you've made this promise. And God said, okay, right. And goes back and begins to conclude it. But it's always that issue. And because of worshiping the golden cow, 
Instead of there being a kingdom of priests, guess what happened? Guess what happened? That's right. God's best plan was destroyed. God's best plan was, out of the world, I'm picking this person, and he's going to become the father of a great and mighty nation. And that whole nation, every single person of them, is going to be priests to all the world. Every one of them. Because I bought you. And then out of that, they had those 12 kids. <laughs> and because of their sin, God says, no, let's try this tribe. <laughs> and we will be priests. So instead now of the world coming to the whole nation of Israel to find the way of God and to find salvation and what God wanted, <laughs> it was supposed to go this direction. To the world. Instead... Here's the world, here was the Jews, and here were the priests. And guess what happened? The Jews went to the priests. And nobody went to the world. See, when you were, you were a Jew, you couldn't ask God for forgiveness in your backyard. He wouldn't accept it, just like he wouldn't accept the sacrifice of grain. You had to go to the priest. If you wanted to thank God, you had to go to the priest, and you had to do these things. And all of a sudden... God's great desire. And gang, this might seem a little bit off the subject, but it's not, it's not going to be for long. God's desire was that God and man could be together. That was broken from the fall. Then every time God tried to bring a new man to have the relationship, it blew it. There's a whole slew of them, isn't it? <laughs> God starts over again repeatedly. Till finally God said, I'm going to build a nation around me that will take the message to all the world. And that whole situation was broken with the issue of the Levites. And what took place was, instead of them being a missionary agency to the world to bring to them uh, the message of salvation... The whole nation became incestuous. It came uh, turned in on itself. And the world never heard about God. So God said, I will do one more new start. Just one. And that's why he sent Christ, to make the last new beginning. See, there is no more new beginnings. The only beginning that's left is when the world gets destroyed by fire. And eternity starts. We are a part of the last new thing. And what took place is so surprising that if you can grab a hold of it and understand it in your own walk with God, it'll probably change everything you do. God says, okay, through Christ, I'm having a new beginning. And that is a person who accepts Christ becomes a member of a brand new kingdom, a brand new priesthood. And every single person, every single person who becomes a believer becomes a member of the priesthood. See, God's idea hadn't changed from the Old Testament, and that is, I will have a whole entity that will bring my message to all the people. And in time, the Jews broke that, and God's offer to them was set aside and was given through Jesus Christ, so that all of us can become a priest. See, initially, 
with the Jewish nation, if you were, if you were born into the Jewish family, you were a priest. Then because of sin, you had to be born into the Levite family, and then you became a priest. But if you were born in the, in the Reuben family, you could never become a priest. That is, all of a sudden, we had a distinction. Here are the priests, and here's everybody else. You do the work, and we do the ministry. That was never God's plan. God's plan is, we all do the ministry. When he started the last time, called the church, he used the same method. You had to be born, you were. You had to be born, you were. Only now, it's being reborn. And now, when you become a Christian... You are a priest. And God has never and will never change that. You are a priest. Now, Satan foiled this one. Satan foiled this one. And to a large extent, Satan has foiled this one. All the same way. If you watch what takes place in time in the Christian church throughout history, there's an understanding that we all are priests first. I'm a priest first. What I do second is uh, I happen to work as an accountant or as a newspaper man. But before long, Satan knew that the way to destroy God's program is to divide it. And so before long, the masses of believers, down in the early stages, we began to say to one another, hey, listen, we, we need to have people who know the Bible better. Let's send them off to school. We start sending them off to school. And we began to think, you know what, we, we, just think how much he could do if he didn't have to ever work. Let's pay for him. In fact, let's hire a minister of evangelism. So he can do that. Let's hire a minister of youth so he can do that. Let's now have a paid organist. Let's have a paid choir director. Let's pay so we don't have to be priests. So before long, this wedge because becomes distinct. And here we've called it the laity, that is, the non-clergy. And before long, we pay you, and then you get up here, and I'm not a priest, I'm just a payer. And God's rules for us is simply to be the priesthood. It's, <laughs> it's never changed. And so God's position is, uh, you are here and I am here to fulfill his purposes in the earth. That's why I'm here. And those purposes are to bring the good news of Christ to people and to share in his purposes uh, in my life. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to FCCI's Pathway to Purpose podcast. FCCI is a global movement of servant leaders who help each other lead companies for Christ. And the value of this content is greatly enhanced when you journey together with other Christian business leaders from around the world. Learn more at FCCI.org. And let others know about the great content you've discovered here on the podcast. Thanks for listening and leading a company for Christ. Thank you.